Over the past few years, education-related stories have made major headlines across Ontario. From allegations of trustees engaged in misconduct, to protests on issues arising from religion, curriculum, or student mistreatment. We discuss in this episode, is there a need for public discourse in education? Local community advocate Everton Dwight Campbell joins me as I try to answer the question, how did we get here? Do you think the education system has always been so controversial or is it more so right now? I think it's always been controversial. I just feel that a lot of things within the system haven't really been addressed until late. And 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 um, to be honest with you, I think it's rather unfortunate that a lot of the things that I myself experienced se- seem to be taking place. And, and, and a lot of these students are being subjected to a lot of, if you will, like, um, I guess, like anti-black racism. If you will, you know, call it a spade a spade, and 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 out, and it's funny because like you have you have this well, not really funny, but you have the numbers, you have the stats, but as they say, like facts without context are meaningless. And for me, someone who grew up and I was in this system, and I and I was um, subjected to a lot of anti-racism, tr- anti-racist treatment myself by by school administrators, if you will. I, I think that it's um, about time that these sort of things get addressed. And this is an issue that really hits home for me personally. Yeah, man, I hear you. I, I'm reminded of the the saying, the more things change, the more they stay the same. And uh, right. you, you were in school um, many years ago at this point. Uh, Absolutely. Not, not, not super long ago, but some, some time ago. But the same right. issues are, are are ongoing. And I even had a conversation with... Uh, gentlemen in their 40s and 50s who were in the school board in uh, Peel region and they were saying the th- same things that they dealt with are being uh, subject to a lot of kids today. So right. it, it's interesting to see that um, uh, in the sense that like so many things have always been at the forefront of our community's minds. There's been reports going back to 1990 about the same issues that are right are being talked about and, now. And if I may, Alex, yeah. As yeah. a matter of fact, one thing that I find that's interesting, or the biggest thing that's changed over over the years, is the diversity, especially amongst the students. Right. right. My right. I, I graduated from high school in 2004. Right. Yeah. My 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 uh, baby brother's eight years younger than me, and if you look at basically like the picture, my my class pictures, I was like one of the few uh, black or or visible minorities, if you will, right in those pictures. Whereas now my um, in my brother's years is basically the complete reverse. Right. So it's so it's ironic that that the the racial tension is still as high as it ever was, but now you have way more visible minorities being subjected to this and truth be told in a lot of these schools they're not even necessarily the minority anymore right right that's very interesting do you think students today are in a better shape to have these issues addressed than say when you were in school or even 30 40 years ago is is now uh is there an environment now that makes it a lot a lot better for these students to have those issues issues addressed I think the fact that we have different platforms now, especially with social media and everything being so readily convenient to everyone, I think these sort of platforms definitely do help, but it, it has to be done 
I mean, it ha it has to be done with one common goal, and it has to be obviously a, an organized course of action. You know, otherwise, otherwise, then it's very easy to get um, you know, I mean, I mean, to get lost in the to get lost in the details, or or in just basically the whole. Though I mean, the way how social media can it just has a tendency to just kind of overdo everything, you know, mm -hmm. and it can make a lot of noise, but is that noise going to be lead to meaningful change? Right. Yeah, no, you make a great point about social media. And when I think about, uh, when I keep asking myself the, the question of this episode, how did we get here? And I factor in um, all the tools that are available to, to me now that might not have been available uh, 20, 30 years ago. I think as an advocate myself um, in education, it probably is a lot easier for me to have the, the kind of drive, the motivation to want to speak out, to be able to speak out. Um, social media has allowed me to connect with a lot of teachers, uh, lawyers, professionals, Ooh. academics, uh, advocates, all about these very prevalent issues that have been ongoing for many years. But I wonder if, uh, say, like 30 years ago, the problems that you had, you might not suspect, you, you wouldn't suspect like the neighbor down the street or people around the corner were dealing with the same problems you have. Do you think um, issues are being brought to light and everyone's saying, Hey, I'm dealing with that too. Uh, I think, I think that uh, a lot of it, especially because here in Canada, a lot of it is very subtle, and it's not necessarily overt. So even a lot of victims are not aware of their trauma certain times because it's, it's become so much of a norm. Yeah. When 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 I even internalize my own situations, and I think of some of the things that some teachers said to me. Mm -hmm. And I re recall, I recall I at a certain point in time, actually thinking to myself, like, yeah, well, I'm, I'm a bad kid, you know, and when and when I got in trouble for certain things, I thought that I actually deserved that, you know, but now but now in hindsight, especially as being a father and, and being in the education field or whatever, I realized that you're not so you're never supposed to speak to children in certain manners, mm -hmm. you know, like like in particular, when we were when we were like 15, for example, you know, a lot of these teachers were very culturally insensitive. Right. So much so to the point where it's like, for example, if they see you with the do-rag on and you're a young black male, they automatically assume you're some sort of gangster or something. They don't realize that, oh, I'm trying to keep my waves neat or I want to keep my braids or my hair looking good. You know, they, they don't realize that that's what yeah. it was really, you know. Yeah. So, they, so they see you as some sort of gangster and they're like, oh, you have that thing on your head again. You guys are making a bad name for yourself. You know, you guys are 15 and we can and, and you guys, will, by the time you turn 16, it is a privilege to be in school. We can kick you out at any time once you're 16. This is right. what they were. This is what they were telling us for years. I mean, for from when I was fourteen, I was hearing that, you know, that they could kick me out anytime once I'm sixteen, mm -hmm. and they were and they remained being to actually be true to their word because I actually did end up getting um, suspended. Uh, the first time, well, actually, well, I'm, I'm actually kind of jumping the gun. Let me let me not get ahead of myself, you know. But um, I definitely did. Um, I was subjected to a whole lot of trauma, right, and to stay. I guess to the question, yeah, I was subjected to a whole lot of trauma and um, a lot of it was subtle. And even I, I myself as a child at the time, I couldn't fully comprehend it all. And it's only, yeah. and I, as they say, hindsight is twenty twenty. So now when yeah. I look back at it, obviously I can see that, no, you're not supposed to deal with children that way. Yeah. However, however, you know, yeah, even a lot of victims, unfortunately, don't even understand their own trauma. Right. Do you think education is political? or too political. And what I mean by that is, should politics come into play when we think about all these issues? Or is this something that is 
uh, beyond a political side? Is this something that every individual who is in the in politics should have a consensus for? Like you should have you sh- everyone should be agreed on the fact that like these things should not be existing in school today. Or like I said, right. is, is it political? Is there other different sides? To I think I think I think that is part of the biggest issue. It it has become a bit too political, and it, we need to bring it. From the political side to the human side, I think right. the 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 human touch is what we need to add to this. At the end of the day, we're dealing with children, you know. And CBC even published uh, or put out an interesting study last year when they were speaking to the state of of Black Canadians, and they were showing that when you're Black and you live in Canada, you're like twenty to thirty percent more likely to be stopped by the police, twenty to thirty percent more likely to be shot. 20 to 30 percent more likely to be um, carded or or what have you, and we're only eight percent of the population. Yeah, yeah. You know, this, so, is, a, yeah. So this is a major issue that 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 yeah. um that's not being spoken about. And 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 again, when you when you look at it, that as they say, like the abused have a tendency to become the abusers, or the right. oppressed often start start seeing things through the worldview of their oppressors and you have a, and 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 to take into consideration that many of us are like the first generation of um, from immigrant parents who are trying to assimilate into the, the system so a lot of them didn't even really understand you know how to even properly advocate for their kids you know so right. i think so i think that is very important that we who were born and grew up in this system or what have you that we don't necessarily make some of the same mistakes that our parents made because we don't have the same excuse as them. Right. So what I'm getting is uh, from you that education shouldn't be political. No, no, right. It shouldn't be political. It's too political. It's too political right now. Right. That's what I think I'd agree with that as well. There, uh, when I think politics, I think of issues that uh, people can agree on, but you might have different ways to address it. And that's perhaps where politics might might come in. When I think of education, though, I think about how um, there are issues that we can see. Some people choose not to see those issues. And when they do see those issues, there are differences in how people want to address those issues. When it comes to things like uh, racial inequality in schools, socioeconomic inequality in, in different uh, schools, is that something that there are... Um, legitimate disagreements and how to address it or do you think there is only one way to address these things and there's only one right right way to address them um i i believe that there's different approaches to this i think i think part of it stems from the uh the fact that a lot of these teachers should be subjected to some form of um i guess racial sensitive or cultural sensitivity training. I, mm-hmm. I, I think I think also it would, it would go a long way if we actually had a lot a lot more teachers that actually resembled a lot of the students even. right? Um, for, as far to my knowledge, I know I have quite a few friends who, who have actually um, tried to I mean they've, they've basically, to my knowledge, I know a lot of uh, I guess if you will, black or brown, women who are, I mean, or teachers, if you will, who are basically um, supply teachers for a long period of time, you know, trying to get in the, get their foot in the door. And it's almost like, unless you know someone or if you're connected, you know, it takes a very long time for them to get in there. 
I think I think the the fact that especially somewhere like Peel, where we're in like near you, what is it, over sixty percent of the population now a visible minority. I think that is that it's um tells a sad story when we don't see that diversity being reflected amongst the teachers and the administrators. For sure, for sure. And when we're thinking about um the education system and there there's like an urgency do you get the sense that there's an urgency for a lot of these issues to be addressed i agree yeah yeah, yeah for sure this it's it's overdue it's very it's much overdue, overdue. Yeah. i mean if i'm saying that i graduated in 2004 that's 16 years ago you know and these these um things still haven't been addressed whatsoever um it, it, it's it's very sad but the, but there the, but there definitely is an urgency there's more of a movement and and I'm 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 actually enthusiastic that the community is starting to mobilize to address these issues. Right. Why do you think that there is that sense of urgency now and that the community is starting to mobilize together to address it compared to years ago? I know we thought uh, discussed um social social yeah, social media, but are there any other factors, any other reasons why there is that sense of urgency? Um, and sense of uh, community to address this growing need that has should have been addressed long ago? I, I think perhaps because a lot of us now who, who had also been subjected to the system, a lot of us are now coming of age where we can now, I guess, address our trauma and we can also point it out when we see it. And with, and with the, as we were speaking about with social media, and all these various things that we now have at our disposal, I mean, and all these various tools, I think that it, that, that, that all is a collective. And you know what else I would actually want, like to attribute it to as well? I'd also like to attribute it to the leadership. I think, mm, I think, yes. I think, I think even, I think even with, um, with individuals such as uh, Francis, um, uh, oh my God, how am I remember forgetting her last name? Francis Bradshaw. Bradshaw? Yeah. yeah. The individuals such as Francis Bradshaw, um, we also have um, our counselor Charmaine, and and I think and I think uh, uh, we have a lot more leaders. Even even Mayor Brown, he's maintained an uh, open door policy, and I think that the fact that the leadership has, I mean, is now basically um, they're they're very much all open. They have an open door policy. I think yeah. that 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 makes a major difference too. You know, in terms of how things uh, will be moved, will be received. Hundred percent. You bring up a really good point, actually, about people growing up now and being able to uh, speak on the issues that they experienced. I work in Hamilton for um, and and do some work with community there regarding education, and I I think the stark difference I noticed between Brampton and Hamilton is that there is a um, a difference in the consciousness about the education issues. You see a lot of people in Peel. Um, being aware of these issues because of firsthand experience. And I wonder if uh, it differs from Hamilton, because Hamilton is uh, a very large newcomer immigrant population. So they haven't really, the parents firsthand had, an, ha- had a chance to experience the education system in Canada, or at least Hamilton before. Whereas in Peel, a lot of the racialized Black families, they themselves were subject to some of the things that they experienced in uh uh, schools in Ontario, or at least in Brampton. So now that they're older, and they realize their children are being impacted by some of those things. That you're saying that's a reason for why there's a, a community um, kind of consensus on a lot of these issues. Absolutely, you know, like um, yeah. yeah, as we're saying, because my parents, 
they they came here what like in the early 80s um from jamaica after immigrating i mean and then and then not too long after within maybe about four or five years of them arriving here i was born you know so right. so they didn't really have that much time to get to know the system so to say they were still relatively new so it was like while they were learning i was learning at the same time we were both doing you know, we were both learning on different in different contexts if you will yeah you know yeah and and as a result and 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 it's because and as an immigrant and Im a lot of immigrants not to sweep all immigrants in the same pile of course but a lot of immigrants obviously when they come to a new country they're thinking okay i want to assimilate i want to fit in i don't want to stir the pot right. too much yes. you know yes. so yes. so 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 when as children so as children of a lot of immigrants what ends up happening if you getting in trouble right what ends up happening is as soon as your parents hear that you got in trouble or what have you they you're now being penalized twice you're victimized twice a lot of time they don't even want to hear you know what it is that or what even took place you know, a lot of times they're yeah. not they're not going to be willing to necessarily advocate for you. Yeah, I, I like that you also bring up the kind of leadership that we have in this municipality right now. We have some great players. You mentioned mentioned Francis, um, Patrick Brown, Kathy McDonald. Oh yes, yes, yes. Terms of Kathy, yeah, she's a real man. Yeah, absolutely. There, there, there's a lot to mention. There, there's that. Yeah, I can. We can speak in depth about that. <laughs> yeah, there could be a whole episode on Kathy alone. Uh, what do you think is the significance and importance of having uh, good leaders uh, being advocates for education in uh, in Peel or at least in Ontario? Well, I, well, I think that it's it's a great start, but as you and I both know, there's still a lot more that needs to be done. Um, but but I do think that it's a great start, and and as a result of that, in onto the future of Ontario, I'd say is on the up and up is it, things are looking a lot more promising than they have in a long time. I can, I can sincerely say that, but there's still definitely a lot of work and a lot of things that need to be addressed. Right. What do you think are some of the barriers that our leaders are going to experience as they try to address things like anti-black racism, socioeconomic differences for students? What do, what do you think some of the barriers are? I think some of those barriers lay with, the fact that you have a lot of people that benefit off the status quo and right. and they're naturally very comfortable doing so you know and um and 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 then when you take into consideration the way how uh, a lot with a lot of administrators or individuals who still um who still keep or or encourage certain anti-black sentiments a lot a lot of those individuals are not necessarily so easy to get rid of you know, a lot of them have tenure and, and then there's unions and, you know, we can, I mean, yeah, and you, you obviously know from the legal side of things how, how, how mucky that can all get. Mm -hmm. Right, right. No, I, I agree. And I think in the same way that uh, our families that came here years ago didn't want to um, stir the pot and the, that's almost in my view as the first phase the next next phase is when we grow up and we start to see these same issues persisting now we're in the phase where we're trying to fix things i would imagine uh one of the other phases would be when those the remnants of the old kind of system are still there right now but the next phase would be when they they leave so at that phase do you think do you think when do you think we'll be able to see a system that is more equitable is it in a few years to come? Will it ever come? I, I like I, I'm a 
hopeless optimist slash <laughs> slash hopeless romantic probably as well. And um, yeah, I can't I can't help but think that the future will be better. And 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 I think that if it's not, then then all of us are to take accountability for that, you know. And and I, and I feel that. Uh, especially me being a father and my son being nine, I feel that at the minimum it's owed to him to have at least a better quality of life than I had. Right. So, so, yeah. and, and, and with, and with me saying that I don't necessarily just look at, and I'm speaking about my son, both literally as well as figuratively or symbolically, if you will, because I, because I mm -hmm. feel that all of our children should be um, able to go to school and just feel like children. You know, it could, as they, as the old saying goes, it could all be so simple. You know, life is very simple. Um, nature yeah. is very simple, but human beings tend to complicate things. Right. So you've been advocating for a, a while now for a variety of different re reasons. Absolutely. And uh, you've been doing a great job at it. I, I think one of my last questions is, what do you think are the impacts of speaking out or choosing not to speak out? How, how has your your advocacy changed anything or what would the consequence be if you hadn't said anything? Well, well, I, I appreciate your kind words, Alex. I, 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 I sincerely do. And as far as the implications of saying something or not saying something, I think that it's very dangerous when we don't say anything because like the old saying goes, silence is also like a form of approval. You know, so if we so if we don't say anything, then it's very easy for for the the system and 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 the and a lot of the powers that be to just be content or have the whole mindset as if it ain't broke, you know, why fix it? And right. and and so so I think so I think it's very important that we definitely do speak out. If if for anything, like the I mean the there's strength in numbers and us as a people we need we need to mobilize our right and and at the end of the day like uh as martin luther king has said injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere so if we allow certain things right. to just be swept under the rug or just downplayed it's, it's going to rear its head somewhere else and i think that that's one of the issues that we have as a society as a whole is that oftentimes we don't like to catch something in the initial stages or just nip it in the bud we then we then we we're, we're so result oriented you know like like mm -hmm. we'll focus on we'll focus on um the the high school shooter you know and what he did but but we won't look at but we as a society we we very rarely do we look at ourselves and say okay how do we contribute to that and how do we um I mean, stop this from happening or limit this from occurring right. in the future. Yeah, man. You know? I, I'm reminded of a, of a quote um, I recently found and tweeted it, actually. It says, uh, not all of us are guilty, but we're all responsible. Ah, that's, that, that's, that's real dope. Yeah. That's real true. Yeah, we're, we're, it is. Yeah, that's very profound. Yeah. Yeah, man. But uh, I appreciate you joining me. When I think um, back on how we came to this point i think the summary of our conversation is is because of the advocacy of people like yourself their experiences and wanting something better in the future and social media i think has really allowed for us to kind of 
uh, grouped together for this uh, for the same cause, Absolutely. and uh, we're able to speak about all these different issues that we've all been experiencing at a micro level, but realizing that these are macro issues that are are um, that that need to be addressed. Absolutely. So, again, man, I'm very thankful for that, and uh, for the audience. Uh, this is the first episode, and what I'm gonna end each episode on is my guests will share with me a song they are reminded of uh, when they think of high school or elementary school, um, something that is memorable, and I want them to share that song with you, as well as share with me the explanation as to why that song resonates with them. So, Everton, what's uh, what's that song for you? That song for me was Change the Game by Jay-Z. And the reason I chose that song in particular was because not only was it obviously like the anthem to my uh, my friends and I's like summer, but it also, I mean, just everything that Jay-Z stands for and everything that he's done and how much of a game changer he's been. And in a lot of ways, he's kind of inspired myself, where it's like, if you, if you don't like, if you don't like the game or you don't like the way that things are moving, then get involved and change it. You know, and, and, and I think and I think that's real big because my father instilled in me from young that the only thing that separates adults from children is that adult, adults can go and do something about it. You know, anyone can complain. But what are you going to do about it now? Rolling with them thugs from the ROC. Seagull, seagull in the house. Uh huh. Sick. Get your wig pushed back. Uh, Bottom uh, wig pushed back. Leak in the house. Still here, never left. Still uh, bust, more or less. Still. Uh, over in the house. Chica. Yeah. Chris sip a six dip a wrist split a. Hold up, love. Every time you see Jigger, man, I'm rolling on dubs. Don't forget about them blades. Chopping it up. It's the. Too hotter than us. J Ho, about to change my name to J Peso. But in the meantime, call me William Maso. On the platinum Yamaha, I got the engine gunning. Throwing it up like liquor on the empty stomach. Y'all hear nothing? Who that Mac? Nah, dog, that's in Bleak coming. Who the f want what? Catch Bleak in South Beach out of the reach of the police. On my lap, yeah. On my back, holla. In my pocket, chocolate. Holla if you want drama with. Dynasty, a male bleak jigger and seagull. That's an eagle dog. Who else but me? Rock ears, rock wears, bandanas and white tees. Me without a dog, unlike me. You know I keep deep right under the white feet. Three XT, I'm eating now. You can't see the got a little gut, so they get it tough. I run wild, gun high, LA style. Bang the rock school to the sunrise. Plus I stay dumb. What the block, the rock club, the drug, the pop, I got. Can see any track, I'ma spit to talk to it. Down south on bounce, Crips gon' walk to it. Get a get a everybody's to it. Every dog, every blood in the hood, bark to it. Get that, get the everybody to it. We can in here, put the in the air. Don't change the game for these. Change the game like we supposed. Tiggle in the house. Uh huh. Sick. Get your wig pushed back. By the wig pushed back. Don't change the game for Change the game like we supposed. Young Hova in the 
I wear more bling to the swords and soul trains. More chains and rings. Gonna do a thing. I bangs the f plane. Daylight, I'm deranged. Right at your brain. By the way, this is whole. One shot, Dillinger. One shot. It's only one rock lock familiar. Seagull lock filia. Brooklyn is me. Matter of fact, the East Coast took it from me. Fourth album, still J, still spitting that real Volume three, still sold more records than Will Smith. So come back, I run rap. The y'all saying I done that, and I come back. Can do it again. Uh-huh. X-Center, Grammy Award winner, falling repeatedly. Highlights from Sports Center. Please repeat after me. There's only one rule. I will not lose. Uh. Yeah, guilty until proven innocent, huh? That's how we working, huh? Okay. Before me, there was many. After me, there would be none. I am the one. Uh-huh. Okay, I see how we playing. Yeah, I get it down. Thanks for joining us on this episode of School Talk. Where you can, subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And while you're at it, let me know what you thought. If you have any questions, or even if you have an idea in mind for the show, let me know. I'm Alex Baddock, and I can't wait to continue our conversations on education in Ontario. <laughs>